Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is another campaign edition of Primetime Politics on CPAC. It is day 33 of the election campaign, voting day just around the corner on Monday. So that has the leaders pressing their messages in the final days of the race and stepping up their attacks on each other. Dominating the election conversation today, the pandemic election and the impact of the Jason Kenney Mia culpa in Alberta over the handling of the COVID crisis. Coming up, candidates will be here to debate the issues and our party commentators on the polls, the possibilities and the push for the finish line. But first, the day on the campaign trail. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole campaigned in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia today. At a stop in St. John, O'Toole acknowledged the party's limited success in recent elections in Atlantic Canada, but promised he would be a champion for the interests of the region. I want to know your thoughts, hopes, fears and dreams. And I hope that at the end of this campaign, which is coming up, you'll look at Canada's Conservatives a little differently. But it was questions about O'Toole's steady defense of the Alberta Premier's pandemic response that dominated the campaign stop. Jason Kenney has now acknowledged the failures of Alberta's response and called a public health emergency and introduced a vaccine passport system to try and curb the rapid spike in COVID infections. O'Toole repeatedly refused today to say whether he stands by his support for Alberta's pandemic response. Instead, he pointed the finger at Justin Trudeau. As Prime Minister, I will work with all premiers, regardless of strike, to fight against the pandemic. A pandemic that we need to fight. And Mr. Trudeau didn't fight. He called an election, a $600 million election. The Liberal leader campaigned in Montreal. Justin Trudeau too focused on the COVID crisis in Alberta, calling it heartbreaking and promising whatever help Alberta needs, more ventilators, more healthcare professionals, Ottawa will deliver. And he quickly linked the mismanagement of the pandemic response in Alberta to the actions of other Conservative Premiers and to Federal Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. I understand the concern that people have that Conservative politicians across this country haven't been as effective in fighting this pandemic, in listening to science, in standing up against anti-vaxxers within their midst, as people would have liked them to. And the question I have then for people is, do you really want Aaron O'Toole to be sitting across from them at the Premier's table talking about how we end this pandemic when he himself can't stand up to the anti-vaxxers in his own party? But Trudeau also faced questions about why he didn't do more to impose a stronger pandemic response on Alberta. It's not my job to judge or to criticize, or to certainly not to tell people what to do uh, at the provinces. They are duly elected. Our job is to encourage, to support financially. We sent billions of dollars to the provinces over the past year. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh campaigned in Ontario today. At a stop in Toronto, Singh returned to the NDP's pledge to make housing more affordable, including the creation of 500,000 affordable housing units over the next decade, in part by waiving the federal portion of the GST on the construction of new units and bringing back 30-year mortgages for entry-level home buyers to lower monthly payments and also forcing foreign buyers to pay a 20% tax on home purchases. 
people are feeling the impact of Mr. Trudeau's all-for-show approach, but he's not willing to take on the big, uh, wealthy investors or the rich developers because housing prices continue to go up, and that means families cannot afford to find a place that's in their budget. But Singh's campaign stop, too, was dominated by questions about the COVID crisis in Alberta, and the NDP leader looked to spread the blame around. Well, there's no question that, that Mr. Kenny is to blame here and that his leadership has been horrible. Uh, but it doesn't also dismiss the fact that Mr. Trudeau called an election while the fourth wave was hitting hard, while everyone knew that it was going to hit, and while he said no 22 times to bringing in an expansion of paid sick leave, he said no to workers. People lost their life because of that. People could have benefited from that paid sick leave right now. And now he announces it in a cynical way, the height of cynicism in the middle of an election. Uh, that's a failure of leadership. The Bloc Québécois leader campaigned today on a pledge to press the next federal government to seek exemptions in the U.S. Buy America Act for climate-friendly products made in Quebec, such as electrified school buses. And that's the kind of day it's been, day 33 of the campaign. So the pandemic response and the role of the federal government, the premiers and the election timing issue, again, front and center in the federal election campaign today, the crisis in Alberta sending waves through the campaign today. Let's debate the latest developments with three candidates. Jennifer O'Connell is the liberal candidate for re-election in the Ontario riding of Pickering-Uxbridge. Michael Barrett is the conservative candidate for re-election in the Ontario riding of Leeds, Grenville, Thousand Islands and Rideau Lakes. And Heather McPherson is the NDP candidate for re-election in the riding of Edmonton, Strathcona. It's good to see you all. Heather McPherson, let me start with you if I can. Uh, the Alberta COVID crisis now center stage in the federal election campaign today. You're in the middle of the crisis out there in Alberta. Uh, your leader Jagmeet Singh says an NDP government in Ottawa would consider all tools available to end the crisis. But what specifically would an NDP government be doing differently? Oh, my God. I mean, there's so many things that, that we should have done to not be in this situation. You know, this this doesn't come as a surprise to healthcare workers. It doesn't come as a surprise to any Albertans. This this really, you know, we saw this coming. Um, I called for an emergency debate in the spring because we had seen already that the disastrous job that Jason Kenney was doing in Alberta with COVID-19. Um, but, but what we would be doing is we would not be calling a pandemic election, I can tell you that. Uh, we would not be, you know, standing against sick time for workers. We would be getting some support for the healthcare workers. You know, I asked the Prime Minister and the Minister of Health days before the election to actually work directly with the healthcare workers and with teachers and educators to to protect Albertans because we we saw the writing on the wall that Jason Kenney wasn't going to do it. Our, you know, okay, let me it, we'll we'll come back. Let me move to your uh, colleagues here and we'll we'll continue our discussion. And uh, Mr. Barrett, your leader Aaron O'Toole uh, has repeatedly said that Jason Kenney is managing the pandemic better than Justin Trudeau, but repeatedly today he was asked if he still believes that's true and he refused to answer. So let, let me ask you, which of those two leaders, Jason Kenney or Justin Trudeau, is doing a better job of managing the pandemic? I, I think that we find ourselves in a terrible position as a country uh, with at the beginning of the Delta-driven fourth wave, we're into, uh, frankly, a vanity election that called at a time solely of the prime minister's choosing when all parliamentarians had said it was not the time to have an election. It's going to cost us $600 million this election. Think about what that money could do to to help healthcare capacity in provinces like Alberta or here in my home province. Do, do you think Jason? Do you so, think Jason Kenney's done a good job of managing the pandemic? I think that a conservative government is going to work with a premier of any political stripe to make sure that they have all of the resources that they need to deal with COVID nineteen and health and and future 
public health crises. We find ourselves in a worse position than we ought to have been in with a uh, government that's managed, mismanaged this pandemic, slow to close borders, gave mixed messaging on, on masking. And then when it was time to pick a dance partner for vaccine manufacturing and procurement, picked the uh, Chinese communist CanSino instead of partnering with a pharmaceutical company domestically or in a neighboring democracy. So we've seen a lot okay. of uh, a lot of really bad missteps from Mr. Trudeau, not the least of which is calling the election that we're in right now. All right, uh, Jennifer O'Connell, let me turn to you. Uh, Justin Trudeau said today he, he doesn't want to judge Alberta's pandemic response, but then went on to say leadership matters, which is effectively judging the response and saying conservative politicians across this country haven't been as effective in fighting this pandemic. Uh, yet the experts predicted the fourth wave would get worse, uh, but Justin Trudeau called an election anyway. So how is that the right pandemic leadership? Well, I think the leadership that Justin Trudeau is showing is that Canadians need to uh, see Conservatives for what they are in how they have been reacting to this pandemic, which is all politics. Look at the mudslinging you just saw uh, from Mr. Barrett. There was no substance there. But what this is about is Justin Trudeau has been standing up against anti-vaxxers, even as they hurl stones and insults at him because he is fighting for Canadians to finish the fight against the pandemic. And he is standing up because he knows that the right. way we get through this pandemic is through vaccinations. Right, but while would, the would, other would, leaders but hang on a second. Would, would any of that be happening on the campaign trail if you weren't, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be happening, you wouldn't be in an election? But this is precisely what Conservatives tried to do in Parliament. For example, Mr. Barrett spoke about financing. Well, it was the Conservatives that actually voted against $5 billion in budget 2021 that would support provinces and territories for surges in their hospitals. So this is what we're passed. taking to the this is what we're taking to the electorate. Do you want Conservatives who don't support Canadians through this pandemic and instead are playing politics? Okay. The Conservatives and the NDP had no problem campaigning in provincial elections. Jennifer, Mr. O'Toole had no problem. Mr. O'Toole had no problem going to the Calgary Stampede when all COVID restrictions were lifted. And now, okay. when Canadians uh, need leadership uh, most, all right. they're absent. We're all going to get a chance Mr. Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau sat on a stage with the Premier of Alberta, excitedly discussing the the Calgary Stampede. This is, this is the worst kind of revisionist history that we're seeing and a complete absence of leadership from Mr. Trudeau and from his spokesperson. We, we have, look, to be clear, we've seen all the leaders traveling to different parts of Canada, uh, less than we would see in a non-pandemic election, but it's been happening. So uh, every, everybody's been traveling. Uh, Heather McPherson, so uh, let me, your leader said today, Mr. Singh, that you know he, he did condemn the election call, both he condemned Mr. Kenny's leadership and Justin Trudeau's leadership, said MPs should be back in Ottawa, uh, you know, uh, should never have been an election. So if you were back in Ottawa uh, debating things, what difference would that make? Uh, Parliament was sitting and debating uh, all, the whole time during the pandemic when, when Jason Kenney was making decisions about how to uh, deal with the pandemic. So what difference would it make if you were still sitting in Ottawa debating? Well, I mean, honestly, we, we we had an emergency debate in the House of Commons because we wanted to look at what Jason Kenney was doing in Alberta in the spring. It's worse now. You know, we have heard both both my colleagues have said, no, 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 you guys liked Jason Kenney the most. Like, seriously, seriously, your bickering back and forth is hurting Albertans. Albertans are dying right now. Our healthcare system is in, in free fall. You 
your parties haven't even sent an Alberta representative to to be on this call to talk about what's happening in Alberta. Um, you know, where are the other 33 members of parliament that aren't showing up? Why are they not standing up for Albertans? Why are they not here? Why are we not talking about this right now? Like I said to you earlier, I wrote to the Prime Minister and the Minister of Health and asked them to work directly with the province because we saw the writing on the wall in July. And instead of actually doing that work, instead of working with me, I'm, I'm happy to work with anyone who will work with Albertans. They decided to, to okay. call an election. So we don't have the tools we can right now to help Alberta and to help our health care system. Mr. And our, Mr. Our Mr. Baird, Mr. Barrett, we find ourselves where we find ourselves, and that's in the middle of a federal election campaign. And now, uh, clearly, uh, uh, there are comparisons being made today, points of differentiation between uh, pandemic leadership, whether it's it's Jason Kenney's today and, and Justin Trudeau's. And so, uh, you know, Canadians want to know which, if Conservatives were to form government next week, which pandemic approach do you like better? Is it what you've seen from Justin Trudeau or the pandemic approach you've seen from Jason Kenney? What can Canadians uh, expect from a Conservative government? Canada's Conservatives have put forward a really exciting plan to to really restore Canadians' confidence in in our healthcare system, including massive increases in in healthcare spending. The first ministers met with uh, the prime minister and had one unified ask that was more healthcare spending. Mr. Trudeau said that had happened after the pandemic. We're prepared to do it right now. We're going to reinvest in Canada's emergency stockpile. We're going to reinvest in Canada's uh, domestic vaccine production capacity. We're also going to make sure that we're uh, we're um, taking seriously Canada's early pandemic warning system, which was switched off and disregarded at the worst possible time by Mr. Trudeau. So there are a suite of things that we're going to do, not the least of which is increased health care funding for, for all provinces, of course, including Alberta. And I'd just like to remind everyone that the $600 million we're spending on this election would go a long way to, to serve the interests of of course, Albertans, but Canadians from coast to coast to coast. And that's exactly right. the difference of leadership that you'd see under a Conservative government with Prime Minister Aaron O'Toole versus the absence of leadership we've seen with Mr. Trudeau. Jennifer O'Connell, uh, uh, there are people again asking today about, uh, you know, the powers of a federal government to step in and take action. Uh, Jason Kenney's got problems. Uh, maybe that will reflect on Aaron O'Toole. But uh, as we've talked about, Justin Trudeau is still getting heat for calling a pandemic election. If some provincial leadership on the pandemic has been so bad, as was suggested by the prime minister today, uh, why didn't the prime minister use his federal powers to step in and deliver a more effective response? Well, I think we've seen throughout the course of this pandemic, the federal government has been there for all provinces and territories when they need it. And at, again, today, Justin Trudeau announced that we would be there for Albertans and we will do whatever it takes to help. But I think what's really important... But is it the right approach to say, look, we're going to stand back and, and watch you take the actions you take to manage the pandemic. And if you make a mess of things, we'll do what we can to help you, but we won't stop you from making a mess of things. Well, I mean, this is a question that every premier uh, across this country has a responsibility and a duty to their citizens, and we have been working with all of them. We have been encouraging people to step up and get vaccinated. We have provided funds to provinces and territories to implement those vaccine certifications. But I think the important point throughout all of this is that four days ago, 
Aaron O'Toole was praising Premier Kenny's uh, okay. approach to the pandemic, despite scientists and experts saying it was wrong. We have me, been standing up okay, saying let, that you need to follow the public we health heard measures. That. Okay, and today, listen, we only Aaron O'Toole have, we got 15 seconds left. And I, in fairness, I, I just want to, Heather McPherson, let me ask you this. So you're in Alberta. So should the federal government, uh, should the federal government have used or should it be using now, should it be considering emergency powers to step in uh, to take over the pandemic response or to change the pandemic response in Alberta? They need to they need to be stepping in and helping us with pass with passports, vaccine passports. Uh, they need to be making sure that our healthcare system does not absolutely crumble and fail. You know, we are already looking for healthcare workers from around the province or the country. We are already looking to send people to ICUs well, and other well, provinces. That's sending in that's sending in that's sending in help. Should the government invoke emergency powers and say, look, it's time for us to step in? And I, I think we need to. Alberta needs it. Alberta doctors and healthcare workers need it right now. It, it's it's really really dire here. It is not the time for an election. And Jason Kenney and the conservative government he leads has completely failed Albertans. All right. We're going to have to leave. We're out of time. We'll have a chance to talk again. But thank you all for your time today. Appreciate all of your uh, input on this. And we'll talk again soon. Good luck to all of you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. Pandemic management, election timing, the rise of the People's Party, final stage campaign strategies, lots of moving parts and lots to cover with our uh, panel of commentators as the final days of the campaign are here. Let's bring them in. Susan Smith's a liberal commentator. Kate Harrison's a conservative commentator. And Kim Wright is an NDP commentator. It's good to see you all again. Uh, Susan, what did you think today as you watched Aaron O'Toole uh, refuse to say whether he still thinks Jason Kenney's done a better job than Justin Trudeau in managing the pandemic? Yeah, I bet he was wishing that Jason Kenney had waited a couple of days to make that announcement or done it a while ago. Uh, he would not distance himself from his former cabinet colleague in the Harp and caucus colleague in the Harper government. And he would not say that Jason Kenney hadn't done a good job. And I, I, I mean, I, I guess if you want to be prime minister, you have to work with everybody. There's no there's no question of that. But um, Justin Trudeau was quick to say, well, um, you know, Things needed to be done more easily. And, and finally, the vaccine uh, passport. Sorry, Peter, I'm all over the place. But the vaccine passport stuff that Kenny has come out with and Scott Moe has come out with isn't helpful to Aaron O'Toole at all. So he's dancing quickly and he's trying to say, look over here at something else. All right, Kate Harrison, why won't Aaron O'Toole answer that question of who's better managed the pandemic, Jason Kenny or Justin Trudeau? And let Canadians know, uh, you know, which approach he might be closer to if he forms government. Yeah, I think he's trying to be mindful of the precedent here. Uh, at some point, all of the provinces are going to go through various iterations of this pandemic. Today's Alberta may be uh, tomorrow's Nova Scotia. I think everybody hopes that that's not the case, right? But uh, I don't think that it's helpful for a prime minister or those seeking to be prime minister to uh, start critiquing uh, in detail the actions of the provinces. What is more helpful uh, is trying to work together with the provinces and come up with a collaborative solution on how to address the pandemic. I wonder if perhaps we weren't in this election period when things are incredibly tense, uh, and if we had a stable government in Ottawa that was focused on collaborating right. with streamers on this, if we would maybe maybe be in a different situation. But it's only a story today because of Aaron O'Toole's past comments saying Jason Kenney was doing a better job than Justin Trudeau. So, I mean... It's it's there because the the conservative leader did at one point pick sides. Yeah, I, I mean, look, hindsight being what it is, it, it's difficult to 
really give a, a sound. Obviously, the the premier came out and apologized for it. Uh, I think the the balance that Aaron O'Toole needs to walk here is in again not being seen to meddle too deliberately in provincial affairs because uh, he is no more responsible for the case, uh, the situation in Alberta than than you or I. Uh, but of course, trying to respect. Uh, how different premiers and provinces have okay. handled this. There are provinces that have had, uh, you know, worse COVID death ca uh, death numbers, for example. Uh, we do not see any of our political leaders attacking those provinces for their handling of the All pandemic. right. Uh, Kim Rajagmeet Singh uh, today was critical of Jason Kenney and Justin Trudeau on pandemic management, but he wouldn't say whether he would use federal emergency powers to force a different pandemic response on Alberta. But we just heard an Alberta MP, the only incumbent New Democrat there, Heather McPherson, tell us that she thinks it is time to invoke those emergency powers. Is it? Is it time for uh, a federal government to swoop in and, and take a different approach in Alberta? Well, I think it's important to understand what the language is. I wouldn't use the phrase swoop in. I think you, when you're talking about things like pandemic and things that are national in scope, everyone likes to say, oh, it's this person's jurisdiction or that jurisdiction. And frankly, don't get me started on the fact that municipalities aren't a recognized order of government uh, within the Constitution and what that all means for who's responsible for what. But ultimately, you know, what Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats were also pointing out was that earlier this summer, uh, Justin Trudeau and Jason Kenney stood on a stage and go, yeah, let's go. Let's go to Stampede. Let's uh, let's open up as, as fast and as well as we can. At the end of the day, what all of this boils down to is do you have you know, the ability to have conversations with people across the political spectrum? Do you have conversations with ministers uh, and first ministers? How do you make sure that there are, is buy-in? And what Canadians are cynical about is this finger-pointing, this non-stop finger-pointing, whether it's been on daycare or pharmacare or dental care or anything else. And yes, Susan's going to start quoting chapters and sections of the Constitution and the Charter and all of that, yeah. and that's all well and swell, except for the fact okay. that when people are dying and when there are not the emergency situations uh, that we have all suffered through, everyone is going to go back to their corners and do their finger pointing and their rhetoric and Canadians are tired of it and it's okay. time to move forward. Well, But all of that, so it takes us to like, you know, are we, do we now have, I think we've talked about this before, but we've got three or four days left now before, you know, the election day. Uh, Susan, have we got a ballot question now? Do you think this is now being framed for Canadians? Yeah, the health of the country. It's always been that, the health and the future direction of the country. You want healthy communities where people are safe and you're fighting the pandemic? You want a healthy economy where there's childcare and plans to get people uh, back to work? And do you want a healthy climate with a, a, a plan that has been um, costed and is practical and has been uh, applauded by the environmental uh, movement? That is uh, that, to me, is the choice, and who, who can best deliver that to you? Okay. Uh, and I do think that's what people are going to be considering. Kate, uh, I want to hear you on that as well, but one of the regular attacks that Aaron O'Toole is facing is he's beholden to the anti-vaxxers. Uh, he denies that, but the People's Party leader, uh, People's Party of Canada leader, Maxime Bernier, he embraces that criticism because he is the anti-vaxxer leader, and he's going up in the polls. So uh, how much of an effect could uh, the People's Party of Canada have on the Conservatives in tight races, and does that affect the narrative uh, that Aaron O'Toole is trying to put before Canadians in terms of choices. 
there is a pretty steep hill to climb for the PPC in terms of the efficiency of their vote, um, trying to pull people out to the polls that have traditionally never voted in elections before. Uh, they are deal you're dealing more with uh, a vote of protest rather than one of partisanship. So all of these kind of things together make for a pretty unreliable voter base. So I think Aaron O'Toole is smart to, to not chase that. Uh, you know, it's important that all parties recognize the sentiment that is under current, uh, underpinning the PPC's support right now. And I don't think ignore it, certainly don't pour gasoline on that fire. But for Aaron O'Toole, the focus really does need to be on that middle voter that is more concerned about affordability than they are about tyranny in Ottawa. Uh, Kim Wright, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on, on what we're seeing with the PPC, because they're, you know, as they move, there's a lot of implications and possibilities here for some tight seat races where all the parties could be involved if, uh, you know, some of those tight races where they could siphon some support away from conservative candidates. And to be clear, a lot of the analysis is still being done, but, uh, you know, it suggests that PPC support is not just from conservatives, it's new voters, it's people on the libertarian side. So uh, what do you think of all of this? Yeah, the entrails of what will be the PPC's second election will be quite interesting and whether or not they can actually get vote out, as Kate pointed out. Uh, there are some ridings that they are uh, certainly showing momentum. They have more signs uh, in certain ridings, and I'm looking at places like Chatham, Kent, Leamington, or Essex. Are they going to pull, uh, pull enough conservative voters, or are these net new voters? Uh, those are questions that I'm looking at. There's also some interesting interesting uh, conversations about where are some of the Green Party voters going. Yes, some of them are going to the New Democrats, some to the Liberals. But there's also, because Elizabeth May had also cultivated a bit of a social conservative bent, and certainly uh, some of her candidates last time were very heavily uh, pro-life candidates. So where are they going now? Uh, so how those will all shake out are certainly storylines we're looking to on Monday. Uh, but yes, the PPC will play a, a role in some some writings. I don't think they will have as big of an impact in in those writings where the conservatives get, you know, 30, 40,000 yeah, votes. I mean, they've got rallies. a presence at Weston and Alberta in particular and, and Saskatchewan, but BC. some of, in BC, but uh, some of those conservative seats are won by 30 and 35,000 votes. So, yeah. uh, okay. It's the, urban, it's the urban ridings to watch, right? Where, right. you know, you're within a margin of, uh, of a few points. Uh, I'm thinking around your Calgary's and your Edmonton's. Right. Uh, if the PPC are going to play and, and some of, And in some of those, in, we're now hearing in some of those those seats perhaps around Toronto, you know, where they, they might have a bit of a president. And, and I think Kim touched on but, it in Ontario. But, yeah. Uh, let me, let me. Peter, I think just quickly, I think Aaron O'Toole is chasing some of those votes and that's why he won't condemn Jason Kenney. And that's why the gun stuff has been flip flopping all over the place. And that's why the vaccination position is that is the one that he's taking. Okay. And, and Kate very... mentioned that he wasn't chasing them. He's trying to hang on to that. He doesn't want the far fringe of the people that used to vote conservative. But he wants the ones that are teetering on the edge of voting for Max okay. Bernier, and, uh, and that's a dangerous game to play. Okay, let's let me let me finish on this because this is an election like uh, uh, we haven't seen, uh, certainly I haven't seen in terms of these final few days. It's all about getting out the vote and making sure your supporters get to the polls. We've seen a lot, 5.8 million people in the advanced polling. Uh, there'll be a million plus mail-in ballots. But I want to get because you're all kind of nuts and bolts people, so I want to get what what happens in these final days in terms of trying to ensure. You can get people to the polls to support your candidates because you can't put them all on a big bus and drive them there. And there's it's, it's all got to be carefully done. So, Kate, let me start with you. What's the challenge here? 
Yeah, a really big challenge this go around, Peter, is that there's far fewer polling locations than there have been in the past. Uh, so if you're in a rural riding, for example, uh, you may be required to travel considerably farther than you have in the past to go out to the polls. So uh, for folks on the ground that are organizing right now, we're talking about it used to be a carpool or a bus, mm -hmm. as you say. Obviously, that can't happen with COVID now. Uh, so there's really specific, uh, they need more bodies to try and take people to the polls, uh, to the polls um, in, because they don't have them as readily accessible. So that's a big challenge for, for polling vote on Monday. Okay, Kim, how do, how do you get around those challenges? Yeah, partially is also understanding where some of the uh, polling stations disappeared during the course of this election. I can tell you, in the building that I live in, in downtown Toronto, uh, that has always had a polling station in the building, uh, was told last Friday evening uh, that we were no longer going to have that polling station, that you had to go out and a, a few blocks away. Right. Uh, so those will, those will be things that, as, as the parties are identifying their supporters, identifying their voters, uh, which has been a challenge this election. Uh, you know, they are going to have real issues getting there. People okay. will have to pack their patients, but also elections candidates are going to have some explaining to do why they don't do recruiting year-round okay. and get ready for elections. Okay, Susan, I got 20 seconds left. Sorry about that, but you, you got 20 seconds to give me your thoughts on it's that. okay. Uh, election day is about get out the vote, Peter. Often there's a big push around dinner time and after work. This year, people will have more flexibility. There are more people working from home. So I, I expect the polling booths to be busy all day. And I expect uh, voters and teams knocking on doors and, and making those calls to get people out to be busy all day. So I think it'll be a steady stream. Okay. And that, that'll, that'll be the differentiator. All right. And we'll see all of you on election night here in our CPAC coverage. Thank you all for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you, Peter. And that is all the time we have for this campaign edition of Primetime Politics. I'm Peter Van Dusen. From all of us here at CPAC, thanks again for watching. Until next time.